How are we doing? It's been a while since the last podcast, but today I've got a really exciting episode coming up. A couple of months ago, I was speaking at an event in Edinburgh where I met Gary, who owns the Mindfulness Enterprise. They're a social enterprise that help small businesses, corporates and individuals with mindfulness and mental health. And all the profits they get from that are then reinvested into helping school children as well. Gary invited me onto his podcast. I think I'm actually the first ever guest on his podcast, which is a real honor and something that I was really excited for. Uh, and we spoke about loads of different things um, from school, the education system, technology, uh, where the world is going in general. Um, and it was actually quite interesting and stuff that I don't talk about all that often. So hopefully there's something in here that you'll find interesting. Um, any feedback, give us a shout. Don't forget to check out the Mindfulness Enterprise as well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the usual places. So here is my interview on the Mindfulness Enterprise podcast. Cheers. So hi to everybody tuning in. This is Gary Young from the Mindful Enterprise and I'm here with Jack from 95 Social. Say hi Jack. Hi, how are you? And today's topic is the challenges facing young people growing up in a fast-paced world driven by technology and whether the current education system is equipped to prepare young people for life outside of school. So that was a quite a long-winded um, intro, but um, that is the topic we're going to delve into today. Let's, um, let's, let's delve into this then and see what we both think is um, some of the sort of challenges facing young people growing up in a fast-paced world driven by technology. What are some of the challenges? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, so first I think that, um, thanks for having me on, it's, no good worries. To, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all. Um, well first I think that the world is changing really quickly um, and I don't know if people always appreciate how quickly it's changing mm-hmm. um, and obviously when stuff changes so quickly, it, some, you sometimes like kind of struggle to, to adapt as quickly as things change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have to like look at the different changes that are going on. So really the internet is probably the biggest yeah. kind of platform change and um, which has then created so many different things on top of it. Um, Pros and cons, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I, I generally look at things quite positively um, and think that the internet's brought so much opportunity. Of course. Yeah. Um, and it's really opened up the world to so many people. Um, but then obviously there are negative sides to that as well, which um, for people that are growing up today, um, it's radically different from when even I was at school, which, you know, I was only at school kind of five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I think what has happened in that period of time that I've not been at school, it's a huge amount. And it's just matured to a point where these platforms, the amount of stuff you can do on them, they're so much more flexible and uh, there's so much more going on there. So it, it is a much more challenging environment to kind of navigate, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess looking at, you know, it's been a lot longer since I was at school. Um, so the changes are, are are much more radical in terms of what's, what's happened. And, you know, I was, a, I was at school in the 80s and early 90s. And, yeah. um, you know, we're now, we're now in a kind of, I think, I think we're at, at the end of an evolutionary cycle and when that, this is like, this is on a kind of planetary level and I think we're at this point where when, when that tends to happen, if you look back down through maybe history, that, that things, things have to get a little bit um, crazy and hectic and lots of things start to, start to um, um, self-destruct. Yeah. Um, lots of things start to come out in the open to, to make way for the new welcoming and in just whatever this new yeah, new yeah. cycle is going to be and I think we're in the midst of a, a bit of a storm at the moment with um, lots of different stuff kind of bubbling to the surface yeah, I think the, we're, yeah. we're, we're about to move yeah. into this new, new cycle yeah I guess it's kind of like where we are now is kind of where things were in the 50s or 60s where like a new platform so back then it was probably TV, I guess. Yeah. Exposed a lot. We got to kind of see more of, more of people mm-hmm. and more of, like beneath the skin of, 
society, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so TV, again, was kind of controllable because ultimately TV companies and, and individuals controlled the extent to which TV sh- like delved what, and like how yeah, deep it went. Information it was yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously now we're kind of going through a similar thing where um, again it just opens people's eyes to even more and you get a completely new level of kind of um, insight into the world yeah. and that I think is, it is a great thing but it kind of exposes things that maybe we don't um, want to see and then for like young people and stuff that's something that you're not always prepared for yeah. um, and it, you can go down like rabbit holes where you find stuff that you don't want to find and yeah, you, you just find too much almost yeah 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 there's two there's I think this it almost kind of feels like there's not many boundaries in terms of where you can go and what you can find but I think the I think the challenge here not only in the usage of technology and the immersion in technology from a young age but also the the things that people are um engaging in Um, and I think as we touched on earlier there's a very fine line between there's been great advances in technology to provide us with access to all this amazing information but there's also a lot of information out there that is um, perhaps not truth and people are maybe um, not using their own powers of um, critical critical thinking and and um, and you know non non judgment not 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 a lot of our own unconscious biases come into play where we kind of go and look for things and then we we see them and we say ah yeah we start to believe that to be true when in actual fact if we go in there with a a, a kind of you know without any biases and we go in there with a very open mind and, and and then sit back and say well is there enough information there for me to know this to be true or is it the case that um, there could be another strand to this that I'm not aware of? And is you know so I think I think we this is in my opinion where this almost needs to be part of the new education curriculum where kids are 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 now briefed and uh, on the on on why they should be um, trying to become critical thinkers why they should just take it at face value the information that they're seeing is actually accurate and truthful. Um, and this could be applied to anything, you know, this could be applied to even the history that we've been led to believe is history from um, our, the people who have been sort of controlling the world up to this point yeah. and drip feeding this into people's minds over a number of years, you know, there's there's probably a pretty high chance that a lot of that's garbage Yeah, I think, well. I think that anything, when, there's, <clears throat> when you're exposed to a lot of information, um, I guess you're you kind of look for some sort of a similarity or you look for something that you feel comfortable with initially mm. um, which is generally kind of portrays one like kind of perspective on things one side of a story yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when the internet came out or when like kind of social media sites started um, developing and creating kind of community around different views then you kind of naturally gravitate towards what you're your views. So from a kind of a young person's perspective, I guess, it's quite easy to get like to find your 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 place mm-hmm. and then you're there. Um so I mean I always try and like kind of read around anything really um and try and I, I, I like to think that I'm not like my social media isn't like an echo chamber really because mm. um, I think you can it's quite easy to get stuck in certain things and I like to like listen to podcasts that represent kind of both pol- sides politically yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know everything and I think that it, it it's just important to know that that's, that's okay to do and you, you should do that because that will allow you to find um, find kind of the, the middle ground and find what what's actually going on um, but I think I think with technology and, and the way it is it's very easy to get stuck into a, a kind of echo chamber type thing yeah yeah absolutely uh, and I think I'm also intrigued about this um, you know this this kind of concept or um, belief that that the mainstream media sources um, whether it be coming from government or the, the sort of more well-known media sources that the, the, the people have put their faith and trust in these systems and organisations to um, give them 
the truth yeah. um, without any any bias or any propaganda behind yeah. that and, 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 and based on a lot of the stuff I've been scratching under the surface of over recent years um, unfortunately that doesn't appear to be true and it appears that the, 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 the systems the, the kind of mainstream systems that are in place um, including um, government we cannot trust the information in every case that's coming out from these these places and even with young people coming up and and being you know and when i remember my upbringing you always just kind of had this kind of this this belief that the stuff that you were being told on your tv and the stuff that you were being told on your radio was you know was was truthful and in your best interest rather than perhaps in in in, in another interest and and again i think this is another thing that young people need to be educated on in school to let them um, make their own make their own kind of you know decisions about what they choose to um, to listen to, um, and not to get too caught up in these guys are always truthful. These guys are always yeah, truthful. I think, I think it's always very very balanced. And yeah, open. it's just all. I think everything really in life is about balance. So like you need to have an understanding of kind of who you are and then go from there. I guess mm-hmm. and. For for big TV institutions, it must be quite hard because, again, we've both started businesses quite recently, yeah. um, and you kind of have an idea of what you want it to be like, um, and it must be very difficult to to make sure that you're kind of employing and working with people that have a completely diverse range of views, um, especially if you're if you're you know working for a big organisation that has like thousands and thousands of employees. Um, and ultimately, I think every organisation will have an element of bias, and the best way to get over bias is to have as much diversity in the um, kind of workforce as possible. Yeah. Um, but social media means that it, it kind of takes away the middleman. So these big corporations, although they're still hugely influential and very corp- and very important, and um, the way that kind of the general public getting news and information. Um, you can kind of go direct to the source and um, I think that's the biggest strength of technology and the internet is that it it takes away the middleman and you can go direct basically Um, and that can be kind of used in any way Um, it could be that you know if something happens an incident you can basically watch a live stream of that incident on Twitter straight away or it can be that a business doesn't need to sell its stuff through through Tesco or Asda, it can go direct to consumer that way. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's the the major benefit of social media of social media and the internet is that it, it does remove the middleman, but it then kind of puts the onus on the individual to find the balance because there isn't a company or a corporation that's going to do that. That's up to you and kind of what sources you choose to read. Yeah. Um, which I think is really. Empowering and yeah, beneficial yeah, there's for a lot people. More choice. Yeah, there's yeah. choice. And, and how do you feel about? Um, because we've also we've touched on briefly that there are lots of positive, um, you know, positive um, things that have happened with technology, and mm-hmm. um, you know, the world is now more connected than it ever was, yep. um, which is amazing. And um, you know, we've we've now got so many different apps and bits of software to do all sorts of amazing things. Mm-hmm that can, but has, but I guess my question on that is, have we now become, has it become too easy for us to, to work things out, for us to get, we've always got, a, 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 always got some kind of an app or a software yeah. to do something for us, whereas before, if you think of people that have been brought up in, in you know, um, in different generations, yeah. then they had to think about how they were going to do that themselves. So there was there was that there was that natural sort of triggering your creativity, yeah. your imagination of right. So how do we do this? And I, I agree that it is it is fantastic that we can automate and we can provide this stuff that really saves people time yeah. and all the rest of it. But have we almost are we almost going a little bit too far? Whereby it's now too easy particularly for, for, for younger generations, and so the, the, the more recent generations where they just expect to find an answer or a solution to something pretty much straight away, um, and they don't have to work to find it out, they don't have to think creatively of how they're going to achieve something. Yeah, I, th- I think um, kind of 
if you just think of it like that, then it may seem like it is easier. But I guess like the the it's actually not easier. It's just the bit that's become easier has changed probably. So, for example, if you um, want to find out who the first man on the moon was, then you can. In the past, you would have had to like go to a library and like find the right book to do yeah. or whatever. And now I can like type up my phone and find it in, inst- in an instant. Yeah. However, in the past, I guess you would have known that that book was giving you the right answer. Whereas if I click on basically the wrong link, then it might give me a completely wrong answer. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of the, the part of the, the problem solving has changed that we need to think about. So it's maybe like... So it's where do you go to get your, yeah, to get your source? Yeah, I think the problem is now more... Again, it's, it's just more back into your... In, in your own hands, like... Um, it's how... Yeah, the way we solve problems are different. But still, there's still problems and they're still there to be solved. And I guess, like, in terms of automation and stuff like that and how, um, how things are easier to, to do there's there's so so many kind of extra levels to different things like even if you want to use a different a bit of software you still need to learn how to use that bit of software yeah so there's all there's still always learning to be done but mm-hmm. i think and you still need to work to to find a solution so there's still some you still tap it oh ah, yeah i think it's totally still, yeah 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 100 there's still some kind of element of problem solving and creativity that's needed um but it's maybe just a slightly different um part of the brain that you need it's more of a, a the type of problem solving that we do in uh, 2018 I guess is, is maybe slightly different yeah. um, to how it's it has been before yeah. 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 yeah so what about let's think about if we talk about we've talked a lot about internet and, and, and all the sort of various conveniences that we've got but also the fact that there's a lot of information out there that's maybe far too openly available mm-hmm. and, and things that are maybe not not good for young people to consume in, in large quantities um, and you know those things are you know maybe sexually explicit things and all that kind of stuff you know it just seems to be that um, there's too much out there um, and it's maybe giving young people a false view of, of, of interpersonal relationships yeah. and, and, and that kind of stuff but also with the people so connected into technology and communicating through technology, um, is it taking away the, the the communication, the more the face-to-face communication and building relationships, that social connection in that way? Um, are people more socially uncomfortable in, in this day and age than they have been in previous years because, you know, the, the, they've now got, um, they can now just text and, and, and communicate through yeah. phones and, and then obviously eventually maybe it has to get to the point where there's a there's a meeting of some sort yeah yeah are people are people prepared are they are they ready for that you know i think i would like i i, I genuinely believe that on the whole yes like i i've now i've never really seen a large volume of examples where people are, are kind of younger people have been like destroyed by technology like and there's certainly I know people when I was at school like that were less sociable mm. and you know hadn't been exposed to this, that, this type of technology forever and I think it's just on an individual basis and I think everything always comes down to individuals um, and kind of what what you're like as a person yeah. I think there's probably a type of person that when exposed to if you grew up with so much technology then you're, you're, so much yeah. social, social interaction so, yeah then you're probably more likely to be impacted by that but then there will always be a certain number of people um, that are not like that and you know they can kind of look past the technology aspect and their social skills are top notch yeah. um, and, and to the point about kind of how people not interact socially but like when in, in person I think regardless of how much technology there is um, there will, will always be a hundred percent need for social skills. I think it's the most important skill. Um, certainly, when I'm like looking f- for who to work with yeah. for business stuff, um, friends, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that that is the number one, and yeah. that is what the most important thing is yeah. for everyone. Is is um, generally how you interact with other people. Yeah. Um, so I think that 
despite technology, that will always still be important. I love to think that will always still be important. And certainly in business, I think often, you know, if you're if you're the right person, that's hugely more beneficial than often what your skills are. Like I think there's a lot of businesses out there that would rather rather hire a person who is socially astute. Yeah. As opposed to someone who's technically astute yet has really poor social skills. Yeah. And I think that social skills probably standing in society have gone through the roof. Because yeah. it is ultimately the most important thing um, when it comes to any type of communication yeah. and getting getting things done in the world, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, social skills are, are 100% the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and being able to present and present yourself well is, is hugely important. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, but I don't, I don't think that kind of children these days are less any less. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. I think um, maybe we kind of reflect on ourselves and think, oh, we were maybe we look at bygone days more more fondly but I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that I think that children today communicate in different ways um, as well and like people growing up and people that are at high school for example I think they've been exposed to a totally different type of communication mm-hmm. um, but I still think that is still, that's still communication and I would imagine if you went into high school today you'd find the exact same types of people um, and with the exact very similar skill sets to people that were there in the 50s, 60s, 20s, 90s. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that, I, I genuinely think it is down to individual um, people. Um, maybe technology, I've, I've, um, maybe technology has um, changed that slightly, um, but I, I would like to think that, I think children today are probably in communication with people more often than ever before. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think, well, I guess when I was at school, like kind of MSN and stuff were, were a thing. Yeah, so, um, remember that? Yeah. Bygone days. And then in sixth year, I remember WhatsApp. I remember having to download WhatsApp because friends didn't have um, enough credit on their phone and stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that was I was like that was all there when I was at school, and I think that everyone I went to school with is very sociable. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's good to hear the to hear that view as well, and yeah. I think. I think for me the perhaps the amount of convenience through technology mm. and the t- that then would maybe increase the time that people may spend on technology. Let's yeah. we're talking obviously today yeah. about young people, um, but and I can relate to this as well from a you know as an adult, and I think adults are quite heavily consumed by um, technology, including their phones. And I and I again. I would say that I have developed a bit of an addiction to my phone yep. with um, the amount of business that I'm doing through and, and the different channels that I'm that I'm trying to keep on top of. Yeah. Um, you know, personal emails, business emails, um, WhatsApp messages, Facebook Messenger yeah. messages, normal Facebook uh, company page, yeah. my my individual Facebook page, uh, Instagram, um, the list goes on. Yeah, yeah. And I sometimes get to the point where I'm overwhelmed and I think, right. And also, I notice that it's not having, it's not having a, a, a positive impact, or or I'm not necessarily leading by example, um, uh, with my son yeah. who's fourteen, and we have a kind of ongoing thing there about trying to get him um, distracted with more valuable things yeah, yeah. to to keep him away from just endlessly um, being on YouTube watching yeah. videos or. Or um, you know, or or you know, not at mine, but to, but his mum's maybe been on his 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 Xbox yeah, yeah. and doing more things that are more interaction, uh, human interaction, and more stuff that's that's tapping into more of his creative side. But that's an ongoing thing that that we're working through. But I think that I need to find a balance of usage of my phone and being a little bit more disciplined at the times of day that I'm on there. Uh, and having genuine downtime from it, yeah, yeah. and that's a work in progress at the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's it's quite an, it's an interesting one. You mentioned obviously your son who's is forty fourteen, yeah, um, and then kind of adults that are working. So I think kind of if we go to kind of teenagers first, I think 
the exposure to technology is really valuable um, as long as they're using it for for good things. I mean, it is yeah. easy to um, waste time, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, but however, like, you know, watching the right type of videos on YouTube could really prepare um, someone that's 14, 15, 16 um, really well for the way the world is going. Yeah. Um, Could be this educational. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I understand um, that. Similarly, like, I mean, myself, I remember, well, this is going to sound really stupid on a podcast, but when I was, when I was like, younger, I, I used to spend uh, a wee bit of time, like, on PowerPoint. Um, yeah. When we first got a PC, I remember I used to just, like, make, like, loads of PowerPoint presentations, and by the time I was, like, nine, I was amazing at PowerPoint and I could like fully animate PowerPoints and they were like like films. Um, and actually that that's, that's yeah, for me that skill set now, yeah. based on what I do, I own a social media company and I basically spend a lot of time in my life presenting content for clients that is appealing to people. So if you kind of look at both of those things, seven-year-old Jack making a PowerPoint presentation yeah. to show to mum and dad yeah. that like runs itself is actually very similar to what I do now for a living. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I think from a child, yeah. You probably knew in some way back then this is where you were headed, eh? No, I don't know, I don't know. I knew I was going to set up a business and I, I assumed that PowerPoint would be important for business, which yeah. it's not really, I've never even really made a PowerPoint. Well, I'm, I'm in PowerPoint a lot, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's important yeah. for business. For, for I, yeah, I think, but I, I do think that kind of like, what I learned there was essentially to create content and then present content, which is what I did for a living. So those, those skills, I think you never know where they're going to come in handy. Of course. Um, and the same with just like being familiar with different bits of software. I'm sure like your son, he uses probably, I don't know, maybe at school they have Macs, they have um, Windows PCs, then he comes home, maybe uses an iPad or an iPhone, yeah. and that's like three or four bits of software that basically run our world. Yeah. Um, so I think that exposure used responsibly is, is hugely beneficial in the long run. Um, and then... On you go. On you go, no, you carry on. And then in terms of adults, I find... Um, I think the, the kind of... The concept of being able to switch off is, is really... is the crux of the issue, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we are now living in the world that children and younger people are preparing themselves to come into so we're actually living that reality yeah um and i think it's good to always be learning more and more and be discovering the new things that are coming out so i, I mean I, I own a social media company so i spend a lot of time on instagram a lot of time on facebook a lot of time on twitter and snapchat like just playing around um well it it, it seems like playing around but actually it is it is potentially beneficial for a client or for myself so um that's important to to keep that passion but as an adult and as your like relationships develop it's very important i think to to try and switch off and myself i'm i'm terrible i'm probably the worst person at switching off like i'm really bad at it i'm never more than like 10 centimetres from my phone. This is quite far, actually. <laughs> I can grab it there. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's very difficult to switch off. And I guess when you're... I remember when I was younger, actually, feeling, like... Feeling that, like, the actual, like... Almost, like, the mental thought of being always available to receive a message. And I think that's actually pretty scary. Yeah. Like... Maybe, you know, I, I, when I first got a phone, I was probably in, like, P7. So what would that be, like, 2007 or something? Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, like, you know, to, to call mum and yeah. if anything went wrong. But, like, you obviously start messaging friends. And even though the majority of those messages are probably positive, you know, it's nice to keep in contact with people that you like. Yeah. Um, it, that thought of like always just being being on is is actually quite, can be quite daunting. And yeah. as time goes on, I know like sometimes you get an email and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna have to deal with that. Yeah. And that that constant thought of I could get an email that I will get an alert and know straight away. That 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 like it doesn't yeah, like play on your mind, but that that thought is always there, and that, I think that is quite 
mentally draining. Um, but at the same time, a phone is used. I mean, certainly for me, I, I love my phone. Any of my friends that listen to this will testify that I love my phone. <laughs> but like, so it also is something that gives me a lot of pleasure, and I really enjoy yeah. um, using and like find more just finding out about stuff. Yeah. I like. I like how it works and I like working with it. Yeah, on the fingers on the buttons, yeah. you've always got access but, to Which it. makes it so yeah. hard to switch off. Yeah, so it's kind of a vicious circle, really. Right. Um, but I think if we're kind of focusing on like younger people and like yeah. kind of teenagers, then I think exposure to that kind of stuff and as much of that stuff responsibly is really important. But it's where that line is. Yeah, so three things that you covered there that I think are, are sort of crucially important. One, you just touched on again, which is about responsible use yeah. of that. and. If the adults are not being responsible, then that has, in yeah, my opinion, yeah. that has an impact on the children. Yep. Um, and we as parents need to lead by example, and adults we need to lead by example, so that um, we can be disciplined. That was the other mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned, the dis- discipline of saying, right, that's it, that's, that's off. This is family time now. Phones are down. They're out of the you know they're out of the room, yeah. or we're you know sitting down to have dinner. There's no phones around the table. That you know things like that, which I'm sure lots of um, families are doing. Uh, every family in the yeah, world, probably. but not all. You know, some will of will be just um, engaging in, in, in maybe not the best habits, and yeah. um, and that's that's feeding this addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the other thing that you mentioned. Um, at the end there was about this always on um, state mm-hmm. and this is something that, that um, I'm you know this is something well I'm obviously trained in mindfulness and I practice regularly and it's been transformative um, in my life and some of the you know some of the um, some of the benefits that I've had from it and continue to do so it's an evolving um, piece but this concept of being always on, constantly in this doing mode, yeah. this striving and achieving mode, is almost taking us, making us a little bit out of balance with our, our natural, what nature you know intended for us. And I think that we need to be able to more, um, more often, is to step out of that always on doing, striving, achieving yeah. mode and go into our more, what we'd regard as our more mindful being mode where we are actually just being and relaxing and soothing, whatever soothing means to people could be, you know, for people who engage in, 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 in you know, short meditations or more in-depth meditations mm-hmm. or people that do, you know, mindfulness, people that go and do yoga, people that do, um, you know, go for a, a run in the park, people that like to maybe run themselves a bath and just sit and just, you know, just switch off from the world and just mm-hmm. re-energise themselves in some way, let the mind settle maybe there's people aren't doing enough of that and I think this is where the maybe some of the, the, the challenges might come for young people if they are brought into this world of constant striving, doing trying to get somewhere, trying to be someone, trying to um, look good, trying to um, you know all the, the social media um, people posting these pictures of themselves and you know young people striving to look like and be like and all that kind of stuff. I think that's where the challenges come because that by our very nature we do compare ourselves to, 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 to yep. other people. Yeah, we definitely. do look around and see what other people are doing and, and, and if you're an adult and you or even a, a young person who has adapted the right skills to be able to see when you're maybe doing that and know that you don't need to do that you don't need yeah. to compare yourself to other people you don't you know if you've if you've had that kind of upbringing and you've developed that those kind of skills yeah. not all young people have and we're getting now into a scenario i think where mental health is becoming a really big topic and mm. um, young people are being brought up from very young age even in the, the education system which we're going to go on and touch on really really soon but the education system for all the you know all the, 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 the good things that it does and the the, the, the you know the, the, the thing for me that is not conducive um, to supporting young people in their development to become and grow as a human being is this this testing early on, this this comparison of if you don't get this right or you don't get to this kind of level, you know, you're either in group A, group B, group C, whatever it might be, 
and, and, and I understand the concept that people at different development stages and different yeah. levels of, of yeah. academic, you know, capability can you know should should be exposed to the right kind of things to, 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 to progress them. But I think there is a there is some very think very very important things that need to change in there to allow human beings to grow without comparison to others. Because I think it, it basically what it does is it, it sets off it sets young people off, children off in the wrong footing. That they that they it's about competition and it's about you know comparing themselves to others rather than um, supporting each other, collaborating with each other, yeah. helping each other to succeed, all that kind of stuff. We get we get very insular and it's about me me me. Yeah, it's about what yeah. I, I, think, to do. I think it's it the like kind of what we need to be thinking about more is. Um, Again, it all comes. To, I I really think it all comes down to like being individual, individuals, not like being individual and standing out mm. as such. But you know, doing what's right for you. Um, yeah, you yeah, I, I don't purpose. know how. I don't know. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a bit later as well. But I don't know what the best way to do that is. For for me, the the main thing I can say from my experiences is that I feel like I've always been quite comfortable. Um, in like who I am yeah um, uh, I don't know I'm kind of naturally don't know how or why but I feel like quite a confident kind of person yeah um, and yeah I think so I think it, it's sometimes maybe hard for me to understand what what it is that people kind of struggle with and I um, I, I think the kind of the way that schools and stuff work, I think it should reflect more what your interests are and what you want to do Absolutely. with your life. Yeah. And maybe the, that kind of exam system um, isn't right for everyone. And But at the same time, a lot of the world is still controlled by that. Um, and that kind of exam system, unfortunately or fortunately I don't know sets the, sets the tone yeah. of how people get jobs and stuff so that's kind of the, the underlying infrastructure of like our world this kind of exam system yeah. but in that there again there's there is chance and sometimes on an individual basis people have less opportunity and people like external factors contribute which then put people down a peg yeah. and I think what like as a, as a society or as a world we need to kind of looking for is how to reduce as much as possible these kind of external factors that mean that people are taken away from being themselves and doing and representing kind of their yeah. own abilities yeah. in, in such circumstances so yeah. I think I totally agree with that Some, I've got a few points um, on the back of that one is that for me the best way for an individual to really get connected into themselves and the essence, really the true essence of who they are mm. and what they enjoy and the passions that, that they've got um, is to try and help them to develop that when they're young. And that is, a, you know, through a self-determined learning yeah, style yeah. where the individual, you know, starts to say, I want to, that's something I'm... I'm yeah, I think, I think if I it comes from you, then yeah. you've got a connection that's instantly. Right. If you, if an if adults are 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 controlling or driving what an individual is yeah. is, 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 is learning do. or should do, that's where the problem is because then kids get to this get the sense of, of that they don't make decisions for themselves. They're not they're not empowered. They're disempowered. They they you know if we were to have and this is something that that, that I've um, you know we we you know the mindful enterprise in addition to lots of different things we're doing, I've also got a big passion to try and make really positive change within the education system. And one of the key changes that, that we believe um, is fundamental is the one that you've just touched on, and that is the self-determined learning style, where teachers become more facilitators of learning and they actually, there's more, there's less rigid structure in curriculum where there's more opportunity for, for kids to just grow up in this exploratory way where they actually find their way into all their passions and all the things they love doing yeah. and they will naturally want more and more and more in terms of learning. 
if we take the love of learning out of children from quite a young age, yeah. that to me is, is, is prevalent, unfortunately, within the existing education system. Um, because the subjects are, are there, they're chosen, they're basically, these are the different subjects and when kids come through primary school into high school, they are heavily consumed in um, quite rigid um, uh, you know, ways of learning. They, they're, basically, um, they're basically told things which they need to then uh, understand, then uh, recite and remember and then be tested on and they're not being allowed to fully explore these topics in the way that they would like to explore yeah. them. So, and, and I think this is why kids become quite disillusioned by, a lot of kids become quite disillusioned by the time they get to high school and they just can't wait for it to be over. And and they're being, you know, they're being pushed down lines of, it's a knowledge-based education system, which by the way, and, and, and you know, it's probably already outdated now, but it certainly will be in a few years' time where all the, a lot of the jobs are going to change. You know, this knowledge-based education system um, is not going to prepare young people for the jobs of the future. Technology is going to dictate that we're, you know, that I think I saw statistics saying about eight over 800 million jobs are going to be gone by the current jobs are going to be gone by 2030 so over the next 10 years the world is you know the world's already changing fast but it's going to change even faster so we need to change education now in order to prepare young people for the jobs of the future and your accountancy jobs your law jobs your you know a lot of these jobs where there's it's knowledge based a lot of these jobs are not going to be there in the future. So we need to make sure that there's changes that allow kids to become more creative, to develop more of the core skills that are needed, like um, you know, collaboration, empathy, um, self, self-love and, and understanding of um, what we would have previously called softer skills. Yeah. These are now power skills these are the ones that are actually should be yeah I, th- I think there should be a I, I, I kind of dif- di- kind of disagree with elements of what you said there I think I think it, we need to phrase things as more more of an experience focused stuff um, which to gain meaningful experiences and uh, kind of get ahead when you're given opportunity um, the soft skills that you're saying are, are super important um, but I think the main thing is, um, and I agree with the points about people kind of finding what they love themselves. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like, kind of where the cutoff with that for that would be. Um, I guess there's kind of like schools like Steiner School, yeah, um, that kind of take a, a different approach, and it's it's less rigid. I guess um, I don't know if that's a system that maybe encourages people I've, I've not got much experience with the standard system yeah. but like, it kind of encourages you to like, find what you're passionate about yeah. and explore different yeah, different so things it's based on, on you know there's a lot of um, you know the, the creative arts yeah, yeah, yeah. things and tapping into the kind of sort of um, the, the rhythms and yeah. rhymes and, and you know and, and, and all the yeah the, the kind of the, the a different way of tapping into kind of oral literacy yeah. and, and, and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah I think there are some great things going on in different uh, different kinds of education systems but I think for me there is still a missing link there with um, an education system that is really truly allowing kids to have a self-determined learning style where they can then shape you know a lot of the things that, that they then further explore in their life yeah, no, I, I, yeah I really agree with that with and then, some basic, basic yeah, oh yeah yeah I agree yeah, no, you need all that stuff yeah, I'm not yeah. suggesting that you kids when they come through they don't have time they don't know how to read they don't know you know that yeah. still stays but it's done in a different way yeah. they, where they, they can explore the, 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 the full range of a topic which yeah. taps into reading and, and writing and yeah. numbers and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. and geography mm-hmm. and biology and all that kind of stuff so we can still do that but in a different way and I yeah. think our thinking needs to change uh, in order to create this what this new system will look like and yeah. we, we have got some thoughts on that and we've we put some material together on with our thoughts as well but um, I think that one of some of the missing link here is if we were to look at how do we develop a whole child so there's mental emotional, physical and spiritual components which I think mm-hmm. are important and some people 
kind of maybe withdraw a bit of this word spiritual yeah. because maybe there's a misconception of, of what it really means and maybe people are saying oh has that, has that got like a religious connotation or what no is is, is my understanding and, and the way I look at um, spirituality I think it's it is the true essence of who we are as beings so when we come into this world um, you know as this little bundle of love and, mm-hmm. and no no, not a lot of baggage. You know, no baggage until it kind of starts to starts to develop and grow and be exposed to different experiences. But I think we then gradually move away from our the true essence of who we are and that are kind of the spiritual parts. And it's taken me now into my mid thirties to rediscover that and understand how important that is. Uh, to really find out who we are as yeah. individuals yeah. and I think it's that that unlocks the who am I question oh yeah definitely and, I think um, yeah I don't know what the best way to get a sense I think I, th- I think in um, schools it, and as you're growing up a lot is like taken by the like, peer group and every kind of year group has the dominant figures and yeah, that yeah. that can kind of sidetrack people for 10 to 15 years sometimes yeah yeah easily yeah um, they just want to maybe conform to yeah yeah they, and they, that's they it lose themselves I, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I feel fairly lucky that I was never that never happened to me yeah. um, I I don't know why I don't know if it was I mean I'm sure it was because a, a wise so no no I'm sure it's down to like mum and dad like honestly yeah, I think yeah, that's that probably what it's, it's yeah. down to ultimately um, yeah. but um, yeah I don't know how I think sometimes it's just external influences like you said um, and I don't think if, if you kind of get stuck in that thinking then it can be really hard to kind of really find what you're genuinely interested in yeah. until Makes often like your twenties or thirties when you know if you think about school and you know, primary school everyone just kind of wants to get along. Um, it's conformity, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, you oh, just yeah. want to make life easy for yourself, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Which uh, I think a lot, a lot of like school and high school and primary school are. It's basically a game you've got to play. And yeah, you've just yeah. got to get through yeah, it. Get through it. Um, yeah. And then, so and then, the yeah. And then when you come out of that, um. You, you can kind of again find where you want to go, but you're not trapped by the thirty people that are in your year or yeah. the hundred and fifty people that are in your high school. Um, I, think, I think we can help to. I think we can help to. Yeah, I think and it, uh, that that's what I think is really needed um, as a starting point yeah. um, to yeah. kind of make uh, give people the opportunity to to feel. Um, really comfortable yeah. and, um, as an individual yeah, in and, own, and yeah. decide for themselves what it is that they're interested in and what is important yeah. that's important to them and then from there then we can people can discover like what they want to do what their passions are and then if it goes through the system there and then like I said I think it's um, it needs more to be than the culture. yeah I think yeah, yeah 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 I mean it all needs to kind of come from well, it needs to come from the top and bottom. It needs yeah. to come from everywhere, and yeah. everyone needs to um, be a part of it. But I think obviously that is a big is a big challenge for um, society and the the working world, yeah. which is the worst route ever. But um, to like kind of um, to kind of accept that, and I, I, my my kind of feeling is that we should live in a society where people's experience is is valued. Um, rather than the bit of paper that you get when you leave school. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And that's what I want to see. Which, uh, when you kind of put experiences first, then hopefully that reduces kind of any like bias. Yeah. To do with race or sex or anything, and it comes down to what you're good at as a person. Yeah, totally agree with that. And it's even I think the. The thing for me that, that I've always been uncomfortable about with the existing system and why I don't think it's serving young people well is that we have this system where high school, let's look at high school and, and I know that testing goes on in primary schools now as well but let's look at high school which is a bit more pressured yeah. and um, there's a lot of, I think anything that is good to test people in terms of testing them not in a, not in a sense of 
right, turn over your papers now and you've yeah. got an hour to do this testing. Yeah. The, the testing them as in just to try and help them to continue to go, keep yeah. growing and, learning, and, stuff, and, yeah. and learning how to how to work and become resilient, so mm. how to maybe feel a little bit of pressure and then and then and then come out the other side of that. That that builds resilient humans and I think we should always be um, testing people in different ways, but I think um, the I think the environment needs to change, and the formats of that need to change because I think if we if we look at every as uh, every individual is an individual, they've got their own learning style, they've got their own pace of learning, they've got their own you know. Uh, what we what we tend to do then is that after you know a number of years of, of learning or teaching um, we're then asking young people to go into exam halls we're asking them to revise first and foremost then go into exam halls under the stress and pressure of trying to get grades that will allow them potentially either to go on to further education or get jobs or whatever it might be and we're, they're given a time to achieve a certain number of questions in an hour, two hours, however long the exam takes. And that pressure cooker kind of environment where the, 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 the kids that have got are naturally a bit quicker at what they do. Maybe they can think yeah. a little bit quicker. Maybe they, they, you know, they, they've got different characteristics. The ones that prefer to do things in a, di- a different pace, in a different way, can be and maybe they don't enjoy that pressure situation, they can leave with the not the grades that they deserve to, to, oh, to yeah, get yeah. after all those years of learning. And it's like, okay, you've got to do it in this moment. Mm. And in that moment, that's not the way they want to, yeah. to, to, to do it. So we've got we've got this pressure and, and everybody they're trying to look at people on a level playing field when the, when it, when it's not a level playing field yeah, because yeah. we've all got different qualities and attributes. So that for me has to fundamentally change. Yeah, I for people to feel that it's a fair Yeah, I know, yeah. I think um I think a, a, a big part of kind of the anxiety that comes with exams and testing for for younger people is that um, it kind of starts that you know they they're not doing stuff that they want to do. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and being and being tested on things that yeah, they don't enjoy in, in the yeah. first place. So like for me, I hated my maths exam. Yeah. Um, but my geography exam, like, was fine because I actually enjoyed that subject. So yeah, that was that's yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. But. Um, uh, and then it kind of goes on to people that don't cope well under pressure. So I guess mm-hmm. you can split people that struggle with exams into people that don't enjoy what they're doing and actually yeah. have a lack of interest in the subject. Yeah. Um, which is more about the way that we kind of categorize what you need to learn. Yeah. But then there's then there's the element of how do you make sure that exams um, aren't over aren't how do you how do you get a an understanding of everyone's ability yeah, when when we're all so individual yeah. in a way that is compatible like with a system with, with a, a, an overall school system yeah. and I mean it, the only way to do that is to really treat people as 100% individuals yeah. which when um, I'm I, I don't know how you go about that because the at the kind of next steps after education at high school level are probably um, for most people to either go and get a job um, or go into university. If we quickly touch on getting jobs, then the opportunity to look at people as an individual is a lot better because yeah. it's kind of on a one-to-one generally basis, yeah. sometimes a bit bigger. Um, but then when you look at a university system, where there's, I mean, increasing numbers of people just applying for university. How do you judge people as individuals? It becomes really hard. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't know what I don't know what the answer is for that because ultimately the exam system allows that and makes that easy and manageable on a on a scalable level, I guess. But um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I think if the I think the just subtle changes in terms of like the 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 assessment I think should be done. On a rolling basis, yep, I agree with that. It shouldn't be done right at the end, and this is it. It's now or nothing. Yeah, um, and yeah. I think it should be a kind of you just accumulate the the you know the knowledge, and you and you're kind of 
tested, which is a word I don't like, but we'll use it for, for, for now, um, on an ongoing basis, you know, module at a time or whatever it might mm. be, to, 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 to get that sense that you're kind of, you know, and I know there is probably elements of that. There's like certain subjects where yeah, you will yeah. do like course some practical coursework yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So I know that. But but I think that this aspect needs to change while still having some kind of sort of benchmarks. But I think mm. almost the, the this um, um, compulsory this or compulsory that, um, you know, I, I think... I think that to me is what maybe stifles um, uh, individuals' sure, yeah, kind of individuals, happiness, yeah. enjoyment, and their ability to be yeah. an individual. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know I think the because as a young person is is coming through their their adolescence and they're they're coming through their kind of the, the school and the system and then high school. There's there 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 maybe some people will maybe have a real strong sense of where they want to go and what they want to do. They want to maybe want to go to university or maybe they know already that they don't. Um, but I think I think even e- even that could help to kind of drive the needs of that individual. You know what was what is it you looking for? And I I still agree that it's not a bad idea to prepare young people for having to meet deadlines no I think that's when, that's they, when they leave really school. important yeah. that's the, that is I think that's the the main thing that kind of the current system is really good at is that you need to at some point yeah. do the work yeah, and, yeah uh, exactly. I think that's hugely beneficial but can it be done in a different way though Not yeah yeah that's the thing I think or maybe like can, uh, keep that uh, some element of that but well keep that element of it but I, I, I don't know I'll, part of me does think that the um, the current like, exam thing is is something that you just kind of have to get used to I don't it, I agree that it's not 100% fair that sometimes yeah. people aren't good at that and that doesn't mean they're not smart it doesn't mean that they're even they're any less yeah. um, able at yeah. all um, and it could just be and I mean it can be that you just have a bad day. Exactly. Like it doesn't yeah, even need yeah, to be anything deeper than that. You've got it something going on at that. home and you yeah. go in there, you can't think straight yeah, it and could be bang, anything. you're, you're um, whole year work yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so it's gone. Um, I think in my experience of education, um, that's kind of becoming, that kind of consistent um, assessment is becoming more and more popular. Um, certainly, I think Scotland just did like national five exams. Mm-hmm. They've just introduced that new curriculum. I'm not even going to pretend that I know exactly what they are, but I know it's like it is more of a focus on coursework, and I think mm-hmm. that the education system is finding a way to get yeah. more and more. The best out um, of yeah, but I, I do think that there in you know in the in this day and age there's too much expectation that people go into university, for example, and there's too much. Um, that's not the right thing for yeah. for so many people. Yeah. Like for me. I I really believe I shouldn't have gone to university. Yeah. I think that I made the best of the situation because it, I quickly was like, all right, there's loads of time to get like experience, and basically you can say I'm at university, and people are like, okay, cool, well, like like they give that bit of credence yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I would have learnt in the kind of knowledge side of things. Um, or experience side things, the experience I would have gained from yeah. going and doing an apprenticeship or something mm-hmm. would have been more valuable. hugely more valuable yeah, yeah, than yeah. a business degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as I said, it's sometimes young people realise when they get into that, that, yeah, that I think, further yeah. education system that they, they actually they actually get a strong sense of what, what, what the hell am I doing here or, or, yeah, or, but I or think I'm it's not enjoying this. Pressure, yeah. yeah, they're and under pressure. The stress is there, the build up. The, the whole thing is angled towards that system because um, the system just like flows into each other the yeah. exam system then yeah. like we said um, I, well, I think I said it earlier that the exams are kind of structured in that way so that it provides a benchmark that kind of fits in with the university system to get people in it at scale um, so it's kind of standardised um, which means there's less time for individuals um, but I think yeah, I think like businesses could could do more to 
give younger people experience straight from school. I think that's yeah. Um, certainly in a country like Scotland, I'd like to see it more. There's a lot of like kind of small medium enterprises that could bring someone in that would probably go and do a business degree or a geography degree or whatever, um, and give them the chance to kind of work their way up. Yeah. Um, and I think they'd learn loads that way, and that's what my business kind of aimed, aims to offer that opportunity to people that are at uni. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I think. Uh, yeah, I think, in general, I think, yeah, the education system and this kind of, the thought of continual assessment and building on knowledge that way is 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 beneficial. But I think that's coming. I do think that is coming. I, I, I think that, um, like, a lot of my courses at uni, although there were final exams, like, the coursework is continuing to play a more important part of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd like to think that, what we've kind of discussed is coming is is people are coming around to that but I do think all the little things that we've talked about today are kind of intertwined as well like they yeah, um, yeah. you know if you're engrossed in your phone from the age of like four yeah. then it is kind of hard to <clears throat> become social and then yeah. it's easier to then not be a confident person which means you get at least trapped and yeah. uh, and you can't you don't figure out who you are which then means you don't maybe do the right subjects at school yeah yeah and then, you know, you struggle with exams because you don't enjoy them. And it just... I, th I think, yeah, we're in danger of, of not allowing young people to develop um, authentic self-confidence and self-esteem if they are brought on into this world constantly comparing themselves to other people because everything's so visual. So they're constantly tuned into what other people are doing and seeing that and naturally the human instinct is to compare yourself. And I think this is where a lot of the mental health related problems is coming um, that you know that the, the kids are working with this pressure um, to conform to certain ideals and standards and ways of living and um, having material wealth of you know big houses with swimming pools and cars and, and, and going you know, holidays and, and lovely places and all that kind of stuff and there's all the you know the, the, what, what I think is missing here again is that young people uh, until they get to a certain age maybe don't realise that yeah somebody might be posting something about them being in this wonderful place but you know but it, it, that doesn't mean anything yeah. about how, how they feel in their own skin that doesn't say that they are you know their life is completely you know rosy and and, and, and wonderful on yeah. a day, day, daily basis it doesn't even it doesn't even um, say how much money they've got in the bank you know they could be they could be living uh, on the on the on you know pretty pretty on a pretty low income yeah. but they've just managed to save up to get themselves there yeah, so I think it's, everything needs to be looked at with perspective yeah I think it just comes down to again the, the whole pay, individual it's it's pain it's Good parenting as well. Yeah, de definitely, that's a massive part of it. And I think just treating people um, well and as individuals, um, which allows you to really understand what's going on with them and try and not compare yourself to someone because you don't know their circumstances. Yeah. And um, don't, again, if you look at it negatively, don't judge people because you don't know their circumstances. Exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah I think... It just comes down to being being an individual and understanding that everyone's kind of different, and I think that's where kind of self confidence comes from. Like, there's no point worrying about anyone else; just crack yeah. on, and you'll be fine. Yeah. So if we can, so if we can try and create some changes within the education system, we would want it to celebrate indiv people being individuals. Yeah. And, and and having a, uh, creating a culture in there where children were really confident in finding their own individual um, um, passions uh, likes uh, you know and and maybe the, the things that they're naturally drawn to 
in terms of when they, you know, as they start to, to develop into their, their, their kind of teenage years yeah. where they start to get a real sense of who they are and, and, and what, their, what their passion is. And it could be that, that you know, we're helping people on that path where they can become the entrepreneurs of the future, the, the new sort of renewable energy stuff, the yeah. stuff that's looking after the planet, the stuff that's um, um, looking after humans and, and, and trying to, because to, that's, that's, that's the time we're moving into now. We're moving into this time where yeah, there's yeah. a... a planetary healing going on at a global scale yeah, in terms and I of think the, that yeah. technology allows you to do that and mm. because like all the things that you just mentioned there would be a hell of a lot harder to find out about 30 years ago yeah. if you were a 15 year old sitting in school and you couldn't even realise maybe so you go to university and you speak to the right people or you go to meet someone later in life that you have a passion for saving the environment for example um, and the internet allows you to kind of find out about these kind of these subjects that aren't maths or English like yeah. you know the kind of extracurricular subjects yeah um, so I don't know I feel like I don't want to feel well, I feel I've kind of been contradictory but like I think in general it should be like technology is all at a macro level, a good thing, 100%. Like, it, it just opens up the possibilities for everyone. Um, if you're 15 and you want to set up a business, you can do it. Um, if you're 90 and you want to set up a business, you can do it. Whereas yeah. 30 years ago, it was you would have literally had to like, buy a shop or a warehouse or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. And at the same time, uh, taking business out of it, my mind always thinks like business first, um, but just finding interests. Yeah, like you can become interested in something really niche, and then find a community of people that are also interested in that as well yeah. using the internet. Yeah, um, so and learn about all these other things. Well, so. Shall we wrap up? Yeah, um, but yeah, thanks very much for inviting me along. No worries. Um, yeah, thanks I think for I hope, I hope this has been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Good man. Cheers, man. Cheers, Jack. Appreciate it.